Welcome to another episode of Drinks and Driveways. I'm your host, Andrew, but you can call me Uncle Andy. I'm sitting here with my boy, T-Bone. T-Bone, how's it going, man? What up, what up? And boy, do we have a podcast for you today. We took a little old road trip to the city of Louisville, Kentucky, and we brought a whole crew of people with us. We, we packed all the dads in the neighborhood into your expedition. The crew, man. The we got crew. the crew. Dave, he's been on a former episode, and Elliot, Mr. Spence, joining us for the first time. And we drove down to Louisville for good reason. We are sitting here with the 2009 first round draft pick who played nine seasons in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills, a 2015 Pro Bowler, and a former teammate of mine at Elder High School. Number 70 on the field, number one on your hearts, Mr. Eric Wood. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I forgot, according to his Wikipedia, he is a star of one of the hit blockbuster movies, The Little White Cloud That Cried. What's up with that? Oh, did Elliot update my Wikipedia page on the way down? And that's what I did. I had no clue about it either. I was like, someone's got to be messing with them because we were reading a little bit about you and it said, uh, writing some stuff down. And I'm like, says he was in a movie. I know. The little white <laughs> was great, cloud that man. cried. What is up? Like, what is the thing? Is like, your did picture, anybody update anything? Your picture's like right there on Wikipedia. Yeah, here, look. And you're in a movie. Check it out. And if you go to IMDb, you're on IMDb and it says you're in that movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to do some fact checking. It was in 2009. Yeah, that, that's news to me. That's funny though. <laughs> now I feel like I now I feel like I need to watch it. <laughs> About 1939, Bosnian immigrant Nihad Ademi conceives a way to harness the power of the Aurora Borealis in order to broadcast imagery of his vast and beloved adopted land from coast to coast to coast. I'm guessing somebody Eric Ward awesome. was in it and it just connected. Yeah, to the somehow. Page. Yeah, yeah. It just linked it up. Yeah, it's hilarious. So we all, the crew that traveled down here, we all live in the same neighborhood and everybody's got different backgrounds. We got rival uh, high schools. We have people from, Terry's from Florida. Um, and part of Florida. St. Pete. Yeah. I see the Costa shades. Oh, that, those are his. I, 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 love it. I got the Costa hat. <laughs> he just went to Florida and I'm like, you got to have the, you got to try these shades, man. Like it's just living life in HD. It's, it's it is sweet. I haven't given them back to him. I don't know if I'm going to give them back to him. <laughs> but so Elliot moved into our neighborhood. Uh, how, when did you move in? A couple of years three, ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Three years and ago this past weekend. He, uh, I knew him in high school. He was a year older than me. Big wrestler. And you're a wrestling coach, right? Yeah, I am. Coach wrestling at Mount St. Joe. Three and years ago, I was a head coach and I've stepped down every year. So <laughs> you stepped down. But you're stepping down. It's as a great as, progression in the coaching industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we rebuilt the program and it's it's moving. We had a guy named, uh, ranked number one in the country going into the national tournament last year. And then unfortunately, the tournament got canceled. Oh, uh, with COVID. Yeah. Or Damn else he probably would have been the first national one. champ. COVID, and, COVID claimed another one. <laughs> and so Elliot, we were, he was having beers with me and T-Bone in the, in the garage. And he was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Eric Woods texting me and we're like, we got to get him on the podcast. Elliot's best friends with, with Eric. He's no, how long have you guys known each other? Since grade school, but really it was freshman year of high school when we started really hanging out. Yes. Yeah, so that's 2020 years plus. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, on the awesome. way down here, Elliot was telling us all these, you know, we got to ask him this story. He's got to tell this story. So we we're going to rely on Elliot to really like bring out some awesome stories. Some really well, good like, stories. Yeah, there's tons of stories like, it, you know, Eric, you have a, you know, big background in football and everything. But a lot of people don't realize your first brush on the front page of the newspaper with your with your Honda. Yep. <laughs> you made your famous Cincinnati Inquirer, right? Yeah. It was just these floods. This this rainstorm just came through one night and 
anybody that's driven down River Road, it goes like kind of up and down. And, you know, just thinking it was a little puddle, drive right into it. And it was not a little puddle. <laughs> and at that moment, I got the worst advice I've maybe ever got in my life. A buddy of mine said, no, 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 don't get out and push your car out. Just you, you, you could get swept away in a current. And I'm like, it's three feet of water. Like it's, it's barely up to my waist. Um, so I stayed in the car, waited till the fireman got there. And they said, all right, you want to get out and help push? <laughs> oh, great advice, Tony. Thank you for that one. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I've looked everywhere trying to find that, that newspaper. Because it was on the front page of the Inquirer. It's just the back of his Honda. And it's just, you know, water's up to the bumper. But the water just made it in enough to where it just ruined the computer of the car. And it totaled your car. Yep. It didn't take a lot to total that car. But, yes, it did total it. Well, with my next Honda, when I was in college, um, that got totaled basically when the transmission kind of got jacked up and my dad used to always joke that i was a flat tire away from it being totaled <laughs> oh yeah was, that is awesome those were some those were some great times missed the honda it's a great car so ellie was telling us on the way down here that uh he's like you, know, you got to ask him this, this story that you you're obviously an nfl football player you've signed your name a billion times on autographs and what was the story where you guys well, you had eric a, eric put a request out you someone asked you if you're for an autograph would you sign something and you put your address out there and people were mailing you stuff to sign so we were looking at what were some of the oddest things that came in there and what were what were some of the things that people would send you or ask you to sign i was just like what the heck is this i'm trying to remember the full backstory on that but it was it was more along the lines of someone in the nfl refused to give an autograph and i made kind of a hard take like quit taking yourself so serious you know if if someone wants an autograph it's not that big of a deal especially if you'll include return shipping or whatnot yeah so anybody can mail anything to one of the bills players at the bills address so yeah. i just put it out there like here's the bills address if you want to send me something send me something i'll sign anything and then it became this big deal and there was a national article written about it <laughs> but um there was a mug that looked like a boob that you drank out of but, like, <laughs> but I had some cool awesome. stuff too like someone sent me a growler and then they just wanted me to sign one and send it back to them too but they included one for me uh so there was some cool stuff uh someone pe- uh, sent a jock strap which i um i can't remember. i guess i did probably sign it but I, I like you know i didn't have gloves on but i think i held a towel to like keep it in place but there was some fun stuff that got said it, it actually like made me look forward to go to my locker each day and check my there. mail oh that's awesome like some chopsticks out here and i got a marker let me get this yeah. right here you're saying you got to sign like an eviction notice or something yeah <laughs> someone sent an eviction notice that was a good one what was their end game with that like sign this and then send it to somebody else and say you're evicted maybe he was trying to buy a little bit of time from his landlord <laughs> oh <laughs> sign this eric wood owns my house that's that's awesome so we uh you obviously probably have never listened to our podcast we're we're a startup but we are a bunch of dudes dads in the neighborhood elliot's a dad to uh all you know two dogs and then all yeah. of his all of his wrestlers he's basically <laughs> like a you're kind of like an adopted dad with all these people but we, we played disc golf the other night a bunch of me and my wrestlers yeah we um so we always talk about parenting and normally we have i mean it's this is the quietest our podcast has ever been normally we got kids running around asking us for popsicles and <laughs> and you know tie my shoe whatever this guy got in a fight or whatever and uh we know that you have two kids and we were wondering we were thinking about questions to ask you and we're like what, you have a busy schedule so you he was saying to you on saturdays you do 
uh, ACC, mm-hmm. and then you fly to wherever the Bills are on Sunday. Right. How wow. do you, you know, how do you manage fatherhood with, you know, your busy schedule and, you know, do you time block things or is, is your wife just a master like of the calendar, like on your phone? No, yeah, that's a great question. We, we have had to sync the Google calendar and start <laughs> yeah. using that. So it's not like, where are you at? Hey, um, can you watch the kids at this time? I'm like, no, I have a call at this time, you know, whatever it may be. But yeah, the falls are busy for me, but that's how it's always been in our relationship. We started dating when I played football at the University of Louisville and then through the NFL, the fall was super busy. Um, and so now I, I actually leave for my ACC games on Thursday and then I don't get back from the Bills game Sunday night, Monday at some point. Yeah. Uh, Sunday is rare. To be, it would have to be a direct flight from, you know, an early 1 p.m. kick somewhere. Um, so generally, it's it's monday i'm getting back but but then when i'm home i'm home you know what i mean so like and then in the off season we get to travel more as a family and and i get to take the kids to school and and you know kind of play full-time dad whenever i want to in the off season so that that makes it that makes it kind of balance out and i'm i am a bad dad if i'm just home all the time you know what i mean like and i admit that like my patience sucks but when i'm gone a little bit or i have my own yeah, thing yeah. going which i never envisioned that i would be a stay-at-home dad which i was for a, a period post-retirement um I, we, we me and my wife both agree that like i need something in my life that i'm out pursuing or else i'm not going to be a very good husband or dad anyway someone's going to die i think that we probably can all agree like with COVID, a lot of us have been working from home a lot and we're with our kids all the time. And it makes me appreciate teachers and childcare mm-hmm. providers and stuff like that. It's, it is challenging. And I, we got, and I, on the previous episodes, I have young kids, so I didn't have to deal with like homeschooling while working. I was, you know, they were watching Paw Patrol or whatever. Um, so luckily we didn't have to deal with that, but the people that are out there, you know, working and trying to teach their kids algebra or whatever it is, I salute you. I'm, I'm, I'm just invested in Miller Lite. Yeah, I figured beer's gone up. Why not get on the bandwagon? I know right? when we were driving down here, we we're like, you know, we we're like, Elliot, does he like Miller Lite or Bud Light? This is like a big deal. And he's like, oh, he's a Miller guy. So we Dave's Dave's with us. He's our lone Bud Light like supporter. The, of the lone, the lone soldier. Over but out of respect, corner. he's drinking Miller yes, Lite. Yeah, Elliot's the only one drinking Bud Light. He told me, he, I thought you were struggling. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even see this over here. That sneaked up. That a boy, what did it come back? He was yeah. nursing like a water bottle on the way down here. So we he, did bourbon shots the other night. Well, he did bourbon shots by himself. And <laughs> I petted Molly on the back, his big ass dog he has. <laughs> and he built this awesome patio. I saw a picture. Dude, it is, it is legit. And uh, we're just petting a dog and he's over there just sipping on bourbon, man. Just It's going down like water. I'm like, Elliot, man, that's good stuff. Oh, Molly's slowing Cut. down a little bit. She was she was very chill, sitting on the patio. She only had four beers. She yeah. only had four. <laughs> yeah, only four. For she only had four. So I and there was a couple guys in my fraternity in college that were just huge Buffalo Bills fans. Like it was just kind of like a I don't know if it was like a funny random thing. And then Bills Mafia is just like with Barstool. You know, just if you uh, how, how what is Bills Mafia like in person for those that you know our listeners are predominantly in Cincinnati on the West Side. You know, I don't think they're going to Buffalo too often. I'll, is Bob, the Bills Mafia a real deal? Yes, and they travel extremely well. You know, they showed up this year. The Bills played the Titans, and it was a home game for them. And then <laughs> wow. in the playoff game at Houston, so think about the travel distance there. 
Houston was using a silent cadence at times because the Bills fans were so loud in their <laughs> building. What Barstool has sensationalized with the table breaking and all that is is real. Obviously, there's yeah. people doing yeah. it. And it's new videos all the time. But a lot of those people aren't even going into the game one. <laughs> and then they're not in like official lots around the stadium. They're like, I don't want to say down the street, but they are removed because once all that stuff started getting so sensationalized, uh, the people who own these lots or the bills are like, man, we, we could be liable if someone kills yeah, themselves, yeah. you know, because it's dangerous. Some of the stuff they're oh doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jump off crazy. school buses yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like. So, so like they won't let any of that stuff fly in the bills, actual lots, even like the lots that are privately owned around the stadium, they won't allow it. So these are like grass fields, parking lots, like <laughs> half down the street, but then they're the ones that get known. Um, all over the internet and that's what bill's mafia is known for and that's fine like they're super passionate and it's a like that's a younger crowd doing yeah. that and i mean if that, if you want to get behind it and that gets more people riled up about the bills like that's awesome but the average bills fan um tailgates really well but but isn't jumping through tables i know i'm nice. like do they put, uh, do they even have night games in buffalo because they don't want people to drink all day long until the, you know the eight o'clock games the first primetime game i played at home was a thursday night game and i don't say this in a joking manner someone died someone, oh someone left the stadium drunk is a skunk got kicked out of the game left and they found him in a ravine like oh kind of gosh. near yeah so that's terrible oh, wow. uh, the bills host two primetime games at home this year and have two on the road they have four primetime games this year That's which awesome. is incredible considering i played my very first game in the nfl on monday night football and did not play another monday night game oh wow wow <laughs> he's, he's got the he's, trick man. i know he he's knows it the, with the drink that's the official sound of the podcast it is we're still working on that sponsorship with miller light <laughs> well yeah we're, 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 we're getting there man we're slow you need yeah. to talk to a local distributor or something. I know. We've been, uh, we had a buddy. Stagnaro's, man. Yeah, Stagnaro Distributing is big in Cincinnati. We were trying to get them to like, you know, I was tagging them on Facebook and Instagram and whatever. And, Hopefully you know, they'll get we're, there. We're working on it. We're working on it. It'd be sweet. When you're, um, when you're on the field and like you were saying, like somebody died and stuff, do you actually, like, are you just so into the game that you don't even like, do the fans just kind of fade away and they're just kind of like there, but you're not really paying attention to them or do you can you like when someone's yelling your name or yelling whatever can you actually like hear that or is it just kind of like noise if you're behind the bench like you can definitely get our attention you try and drown it out but i mean there's been times where we've gotten into it with like generally in a playful manner coming from me like getting into it with another team's fan yeah. base i actually got a guy kicked out uh we were playing against the redskins i haven't told this story um in many like media circles um but we were playing against the redskins and we were getting smoked and um, one of the so we 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 were losing like twenty seven to nothing. We score, make it twenty seven seven. We go down to the bench and we're like kind of fired up. And one of the, one of the guys behind us that's just riding us and riding us and riding us um, said something like like Oh, I bet you're excited, Wood. You fat, you know whatever. And I was like, Hey, throw me one of them peanuts or whatever. He throws it. I let it hit me right in the head, and he gets kicked out. <laughs> like the security's like, "Oh my gosh, he threw something at one of the players. Get him out of here!" Yeah, that's awesome. See ya. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, David was telling some stories on the way down too. You, you were the, you were the, you yeah, get him Dave, amped up, David, huh, Dave? He, yeah, he get was, in here, you Dave. Said you were the equipment manager. The equipment manager at Louisville. You got to scoot around a little bit. He, Dave's He's a little small. He's our resident Louisville fan, like in the in the neighborhood, because he. He's from Kentucky. Everybody yeah, so I, I came over from the the Commonwealth to 
Ohio, but yeah, I uh, was equipment manager with Eric down in uh, Louisville. But you know, I always remember like I knew the season was starting to come around because there'd be certain little skirmishes that broke out at practice, and like there always used mean? to be like yeah, I would call them fights. It's it's kind of like. Yeah. Alter, altercation. yeah. altercations. Why, why are you doing this? <laughs> they're they're healthy. Yeah, you, yeah, you're usually the one that kind of. I was generally the instigator, <laughs> but it was always like, like okay, you know, it would be like I started a fight because I finished a play too hard. Like okay, well that's a thank you for making that known to everybody that I finished so well on that play that you want to fight me. Like oh, that's oh, that awesome. does make me look good. <laughs> no, it's yeah. awesome, man. It's, I like it. What was the one you were talking about on the way down here? There's a. Uh... Like some, like a, I can't remember what game it was. It was when Brom got hurt. Oh yeah. So this is a thing that kind of flew around with the. So we always would. We had Patrick biting up in the, in the, uh, press box, and he was writing down stuff. But we we kind of came close with Hunter Cantwell a little bit. So when Brian went down, I believe Hunter started. He just got in the game. He's really nervous, and I think he was trying to check out of a play, but he started like stuttering. And stuttering and apparently the line the linebacker on the other team like pointed out like white boy don't know shit <laughs> <laughs> and so I, like well, did that really happen or not because i imagine you've had to be a center i mean i don't remember now but that wouldn't surprise me and hunter um is goofy as he is i could see him like <laughs> sitting up there calling something that sounded completely ignorant to someone on the other side of the football yeah, so. one, of the, one of the things i, I recall uh pretty you know Obviously, when you went into Buffalo, you became, you know, one of their, one of the fan favorites, if not the, one of the biggest fan favorites there's ever been. But I, I still, I still think it's, I can't remember what season you were in, is when that skirmish happened with uh, Aaron Maven, and I think that's really when a lot of the fans really like, okay, this guy's awesome, like, and you, you just took off from there. But yeah, I, that I was my. That was like a, what year what was that rookie that was my second year Aaron Maven was drafted 11 overall and I was 28 in the same draft the Bills had two first rounders and I was not even practicing I was coming off my broken leg so I was going like every other practice I would practice so I'm in street clothes or I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and Aaron Maven like tackles our star player Fred Jackson in a drill that wasn't a full contact drill. And so I went in to fight him and I don't have any pads on. And I, my exact words weren't give back that effing money you haven't earned, even though that's what got put out in the yeah. press. I said something along the lines of like, you injure somebody, we ought to take all your money away and pay for injury settlements, you know, with some choice words. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that the bad thing about the NFL and getting in fights is there's so many reporters at yeah. every single practice that like, OK, one time I said I was going to kill someone when we were like fighting. Well, on the front page of the paper, it said Eric Wood was in a murderous rage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, because I said I'm going to kill you. Like, I, and I was making jokes. Like, I, I go out to eat, and I'm like, I'm going to kill some sushi. It's not like I'm no, I'm not on a murderous rage walking in there. I know that's not yeah. apples to apples comparison, but <laughs> but I, I'm like, gosh, you got to be really careful what you say around here. Oh, it's crazy, man, I bet. And that's that's good. Like, you, you were mentioning your broken leg, too, and I – I'll never forget when that happened. I was up in, you know, I was in grad school in Philly, and my dad texted me like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm working at the time, so I didn't see. I'm like, "What do you? What do? You, oh my God! What?" And he's like, "Are you watching this?" And I'm like, 
watching what he's like oh eric just you know eric just broke his leg you know it, and i'm like oh my gosh so i turn on the tv while i'm at work and i'm watching it and everything but take us through like what was not necessarily what was that injury like but the rehab because i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you were out the rest of that season obviously but then you were back and like how was that recovery and what was it like mentally like recovering from that as you started playing again. right well it wasn't fun and that was the first time i've ever been hurt in my life i played i started every single game at U L for my freshman year on so i played 49 consecutive games go to the bill start the opener and it's the 11th game of the season and i you know i had been dinged up plenty of times but you always just play through it mm-hmm. and so a former teammate of mine goes through the side of my leg and breaks it in half, Joe Theismann style, and he's crying. I, but I didn't even know it was that bad. I go to start pushing myself off the ground and look back. I'm like, oh, shoot, my leg is, like, cockeyed yeah. you know, it's sideways. And so I go from there to an ambulance, and I'll tell this story, and then um, it gets – because it's kind of funny, and then I'll get to the rehab and all that. But <laughs> go into the tunnel, go in a – ambulance immediately because they're always worried about like your arteries and stuff running down your legs your nerves because that can all be just trash at a time like that so go right into an ambulance go right to the hospital watch it on youtube before i go into surgery with the surgeons and they're like have you eaten within the last have you eaten or drinking anything in the last six hours you know prior to surgery and i'm like uh and they're like say no i'm like no they're like all right cool we'll get surgery right now (laughs) and so i wake up it's my room is pitch black and i have no idea where i am and i'm sweating like crazy and i i don't see a call like i have no idea where i am and i was like help Help!" i just start yelling all of a sudden nurse runs in like flicks the lights on i'm like oh yeah i broke my leg shoot all right here we go i need that turned down to about 67 i don't know what it's on right now she's like well you were shivering so we put it up it's on 75 i'm like okay i'm gonna die i look down i'm wearing the same compression shorts that i played the game in i was like we need to cut these off or take these off i probably need a bath and i'm like just barking and i'm sure she was like deer in the headlights like what did i get myself into so i was down there for four days laying in a hospital bed but yeah the rehab um broken bones like once they heal and you can start moving on them you can push them like i did my acl and that was that sucked because it's like you have to go so slow because of the lack of blood flow to the inside of your knee and that's why the acl takes so long to heal but like you feel like you're fine, but you just can't do anything. Like once you get to four months, you you feel like you should be able to just go, but they're like, you could tear it at any time. So then you're wow. kind of just like freaked out the entire time. But I had a bunch of big injuries. Um, and, and you know what? Each time it sucks, but once you get through it once, then you know you can, and that's kind of translates to anything in life. It's like the more adversity you face, it becomes easier and easier the next time. It doesn't make the circumstances any more fun. You just know you can get past it and get back on the field or get through it in life, whatever. Yeah, That's awesome. So you work for the ACC network now, and you seem like a pretty loyal guy. You know, the Bills, UofL. Now that UofL is in the ACC, is it hard to kind of like draw that line to where you have to be, I guess, neutral or whatnot? You know, because it's your alma mater. It's a team that you played four years for. You know, you blood, sweat, tears. So, like, how, how difficult is that to get from an analyst to, like, a fan? No, that's a great question. And, and the further you're removed from college, the easier it gets, as, as I know you guys all know. Um, but they made they made it known that they didn't want us on air referring to it as, like, my Louisville Cardinals or 
my team or our team lost or we lost like they never want you to say something like that um and i actually didn't get on any louisville calls this year so that makes it extremely easy to stay biased um but they with the acc they hired a bunch of people that played in the conference or teams or for for schools that are now in the conference and so they want banter like on our studio sessions that kind of stuff like they want that banter so they want you to be affiliated with your school but like on a call you could completely ruin a broadcast like mark herslick did like four boston college games he's the uh white linebacker for them that had cancer and played for a while in the league like he did four boston college games and and he never would show bias or anything but i'm like man you stick me in louisville for four home games one that'd be extremely convenient since i live 15 minutes away (laughs) two like that you would get so close with the program that I feel like it'd be tougher to, to, you know, separate yourself at that point. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's gotta be difficult. I mean, I always thought with color commentary and stuff, like how do you know the people so well, like, like the play by play people that are like, and this so person got a tackle and it's like instant. And is it just like a call sheet that you're, you know, or you just memorize this person's this number or you just know it because of your familiarity. So you have a sheet in front of you. So like I'm, I'm looking at a double sided paper and it looks like a uh, horizontal Waffle House menu, like it's about that big. And it'll have one team's offense on the top, one team's defense on the bottom, the other team's defense on the bottom. So I have all the players on the field at that time, and I have notes kind of scribbled all over it. And then I, I pay someone to produce those charts. So those will have like heights, weights, schools. Um, some of them will have like conference, you know, all conference, all American, whatever it may be. So you can quick quickly pull those but you still got to study them it's like an open book test you know if you if you just you're like oh it's an open book test you got 50 minutes you're like (laughs) you'll get through five questions trying to look up all the answers so you have to be super familiar with it and then um you know to me now i can kind of tell the guys that aren't like finding the storylines before the game yeah you know what i mean um but and and with with radio, you have even shorter time periods because the the play-by-play has to be so descriptive yeah. that the color guy gets even less time. In college, you have a little bit more time, um, so you you get you get time to fill that space, but you still have to be so concise. And if you get repetitive, like I, I was asking for feedback early in the season, and they're like, you keep using the word. Um, huge like that was a huge moment that was a huge tackle that was a huge catch and they're like i don't want you thinking about it but like go get online and search like a thesaurus and just look at other words for like important huge value you know just like don't write them down but like just get them in your brain so they'll they'll like flow better (laughs) wow that's awesome and that was something i would have never thought about prior to last year being a broadcaster like i'm always like with joe buck or whatever doing baseball and nfl i mean he probably does nascar golf like it's just wild that he knows that much about everything yeah i read joe buck's book and it's actually a pretty fascinating read um it made me like him a lot more and appreciate him but the the play-by-play guys maybe they would probably say the color guys sometimes have a harder job and we all think the play-by-play guys because it's a different skill set like the play-by-play guys are so good um, with their words at all times. Like if you have a I, John Murphy who does the play-by-play for the Bills, he left me a voicemail yesterday, and it was like it could have been like a cameo someone paid for. It's like, <laughs> hey, this is John Murphy from the Buffalo Bills. I hope you're doing well. Uh, just got off. You know, it's like they just oh, like awesome. flow, but they have like you have someone talking in your headset, going like counting you down for a break. 
So the play ends, it's a touchdown, it's an interception, it's a punt, whatever, and you have someone counting in your ear, 10, 9, and you have to make something up to fill that, and then, like, at the last second, they're like, oh, crap, we're going quicker, 3, 2, 1, you're like, and we'll take, you know, yeah. and we'll pick back up, or, yeah. and it's 10 to 7 cards, and it's like, <laughs> It's amazing how those dudes work. That's that's incredible. I was when you watch like if you're not calling a game or something, do you watch NFL or college? Do you watch it differently than like the average fan? Like, are you looking at the line, the line work? Or are you following like you know quarterback, running back, receivers like the rest of us? I'm of? generally if I know someone playing, I'll focus on them more. But I don't necessarily just watch like the center or the offensive line. Like I'll watch the football if I'm casually watching a game. If I know someone, I'm more drawn to like watch them personally. Yeah. Um, and then um, now it stinks, but like I can't watch a broadcast without being critic or like uh, critiquing the announcers, good or bad. Like I'm in, I'm really, imp- I'm so new to this business. I like now when I'm paying attention, like I almost appreciate more people than I like hate on them. I'm not like a, oh that dude stinks. You Who know. Who do you think does it really well? Wow. Man, uh, you know, I'm trying to, like, figure out my, like, I, I don't want to say, like, what my style will be, because my style is you, and if you're ever trying to be someone else, uh, someone other than yourself on air, and I'm sure you guys know from doing the podcast, like, you'll just, you'll sound stupid, it'll sound forced, um, but, like, to me, the guys that stand out are the guys that have confidence and don't feel like they are calling for their job every week. So, like, when you listen to, like, a Tony Romo, like, Tony Romo's phenomenal. He just set the standard for what yeah. announcers will be paid for a long, long time based upon his current deal with CBS. But, like, Jim Nance gives him tons of space. So, Jim Nance, so everyone's like, man, Tony Romo predicts plays. Why doesn't anyone else predict plays? Because the play-by-play guy generally talks up and through the snap. Well, Jim Nance and Romo are boys from playing golf and um, that uh, Pebble Beach deal and all that. So they're boys. Well, Tony Romo's probably tapping him, like, let me in. Jim Nance can basically choose any football game he wants, any golf tournament. Like, he doesn't need to, like, show off at any time. So, like, I love their broadcast because it's not just, like, cut and dry. Like, play-by-play guy, color guy. Play-by-play, color guy. Tony just gets to get in there and i've noticed kirk herbstreit does it too like i was watching him so like whenever they like announce the starting lineups it's always the play-by-play guy he kind of just like runs through the the players and schools or whoever it may be hey this guy's starting quarterback kirk herbstreit would like cut off fowler and be like i mean this guy and it's like that's because neither of those dudes are going anywhere and like on right. our crew like sometimes i feel like we just have to be like so buttoned up and like play by the rules because we're so new to the business um so i've i've gotten a kick out of like studying that kind of stuff lately yeah, it's, that's awesome. it's pretty nice to watch because kirk now is kind of since romo came into it he's changed his game a little bit and gotten a little more i love kirk riskier a little bit i would say as as far as his talking on the radio and, and his analysis sports i mean he, kirk's good don't get me wrong yeah yeah and um yeah, t- yeah, to your point, like, everyone now is trying to call plays, and, like... Like Romo? Tony <laughs> Romo got famous calling plays in the Kansas City Chiefs-New England game. He saw what you saw, Tony. I gotta put Gronkowski out wide. They've gotta get an easier guy when it's one-on-one. They've got... They finally got him. There he is. On the top of the screen. If he's doubled, you're gonna throw inside right here to Edelman. You just look up there and pick him. Here they come after Brady. He goes down the field to Gronk. Turns around, it was the most entertaining game in the entire season, that AFC Championship game. By far. Went down to the wire. But, like, all he was doing was if Gronk was single-covered on one side, they had to pass on every on every play because they were trying to come back. 
If Gronk was singled up, he would say, oh my gosh, watch here, circle Gronkowski. I bet Tom goes to Gronkowski. If it was some type of zone coverage or some type of like cloud over Gronkowski, then he goes to Edelman. Like he does almost every time because Edelman's going to sit in his own. He'd be like, watch Edelman on this play. I, I would imagine he'll run some type of option route, probably in breaking. It's like, I'm not trying to diminish what he did because it was the perfect storm to like show off. Like, But for an NFL quarterback like Tony Romo, that was – very easy for him to yeah. do. You right. know what I mean? That's awesome. I mean, that's. A, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's just awesome. He knew the game. He played the game, and finally, there was uh, uh, someone out there speaking about the game instead of just talking. Right. That's what I like to watch Romo when he talks because it's like so you gotta you're watching the, the game. Yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're watching the game through his eyes. Like he he's taking a snap, and you're seeing what when he was a quarterback. I mean, you snapped the ball to quarterbacks, but I mean, he's taking a snap. And you're getting to see what he was thinking as he's mm-hmm. taking that snap in those two seconds he's got to get rid of the ball. It's freaking awesome. Uh, I, I love Tony Romo. Yeah, and I always say, like, a good color guy makes you feel like you're sitting at a bar with him and he's just making you smarter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you're making you, me feel right now. You're making me feel so much smarter. <laughs> right, yeah. it's, good, good, it's, it's not hard to do, man. It's not hard <laughs> but, to do. But it's like, like I want to give you short snippets that you can then tell your buddies like, oh, do you know that Louisville's left tackle, this or that? Like, that gives you something to, like, that added something to you watching the broadcast. If I say, watch this one-handed catch, like, he put his finger at the point of the ball, and, like, that's, you don't get it. Like, I'm describing what I'm seeing. That's the what. Like, you see the what. Yeah. Unless, mm-hmm. yeah, unless you're visually impaired. Like, you see the what. I need to tell you the why. Or I need to tell you something that you can then tell your buddies. And then you're like, man, I liked listening to Eric Wood because he was telling me why the O-line was getting beat, not being like, watch this left tackle get run around again. You know, you if I tell you, like, it was a silent cadence in a loud stadium and the play clock was at one, so that defensive end knew that he could just jump the snap right now. Like, then the next time you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. And then your buddies oh, yeah. are like, holy smokes. Elliot's smart as hell. <laughs> we tend to think Elliot is smart in the neighborhood. Extremely smart. The other because he's always walking around bourbon. Is like after he calls it out, and he's like, "Okay, here we go, here we go." Like, let's see what happens. Like, oh, it's excitement. You like, like, gets you like really excited. But uh, you, Kirk Herbstreit, I always remember this forever. Uh, we played West Virginia Thursday night game. I think we were there were three and we were four, and it was the first time we ever we had a blackout game, and. Before the game, we were tossing footballs, and Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Tarika and all these guys were walking next to us. And I think me and a couple other managers went up to Herbstreet and were like, "Who you got tonight?" And he's like, uh, "I think you all will win." He's like, "But if you win tonight, you're going to go up to Rutgers next week and you're going to lose." Oh. And remember, so we went up to Rutgers the following week, and we, we the first half phenomenal, and then sure enough, he was right. We. We lost. It was kind of controversial, but I would always, from that point on, I'm like that guy is beyond smart. Like he knows what he's talking about, and and like, same as like Jay Billis too. I mean, you listen to those two guys, and, and you like you said, you, you'll learn about the game just listening to them. Oh yeah, no doubt. What I, there's been a lot of like heat on Booger McFarland. Like they don't like him on Monday Night Football. I think he's entertaining. I don't know what what you think. Like his this. He does say some dumb stuff, I feel like, but 
It's, it's, so, so his rise to Monday Night Football was fast. He went from studio SEC to calling games on Monday Night Football. Like, that is a tough transition. And then they put him on the sideline on the Boogermobile, and that is hard because – which I was on the sidelines for ACC last year with a live mic. Like ESPN wants more like a three-man crew, but someone's on the field. So like a sideline reporter's mic's not on all the time. Like, yeah. like, um, like a Maria Taylor on the sideline, like she can't come in whenever she wants. They'll call down to her. My mic, Booger McFarlane, like a sideline analyst, you're you're live the entire time, which can be interesting when someone comes up to you on the sideline, like, Eric, what's going on? I'm yeah. like, shh, 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 live mic, like, hot mic, hot mic. Uh, talk uh, to him, man. But that was a tough transition for Booger to go sideline and then pop up in the booth with Joe Tessitore, who's a boxing announcer and does a little college football, and now he all of a sudden is doing Monday Night Football as well. Wow. Like, that to me do i think their product was great every week no um and when you consider how much um money they have that goes into their production like i was on games this year we'd be like hey can we get this graphic they're like "Mm." and i'd be like hey this dude um translates uh he looks a lot like this nfl player can we get like side by side clips They're like nah because then we got to pay for those nfl clips i'm like Wow. All right, here we go. Like wow. Monday Night Football budget, like if you want a graphic, it's there. And if you want like you can literally describe anything and they'll make it. And so there's times when I don't have that much sympathy for those guys either though. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so you're like the week leading up, you're like you're doing your research and then you put your I guess request in, like we need this kind of stuff. So yeah. you kinda of already know. Yeah, so you'll be like, Hey, um, make sure we get in um like last five years of this coach against ranked teams or because I want to talk about that on air. And with with college, it's, it's a lot. Um, you have to have blowout. You have to have blowout material every single week. Yeah. And so, like, in the NFL, you only worry about that in the preseason because you got to f- have some filler stuff, like alternate storylines. You can go to an NFL game and just assume that you're going to have a good game to call till the very end, and it peaks throughout the game. Like, a college game could peak in the first quarter and the half, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, you need blowout yeah, stuff. Yeah, three more so hours you're like, to talk. So you're like, hey – um, you know, like we we had a Virginia Virginia Tech Furman game, and I found out Bruce Smith was going to be at the game, so I was like, we need to do a feature on Bruce Smith. I'll interview him on the sideline. He's a Buffalo guy, I know him well. Like, so all week, our job was basically to figure out what the heck we were going to talk about to keep people tuned in. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we do that within within two hours before the podcast. <laughs> two hours, dude. It's like. We're sitting down, down, turning the mics on, and we're like, okay, so what are we talking about? Yeah, we, we, we just, that's how we roll, man. We just trying to figure <laughs> this out. I know I got um, Wesley Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, coming on Monday. Wow. Um, I'm, I don't know if you guys saw it. So Jake Fromm had yeah. some racist text message revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley Frazier came out in the media and spoke on it. I want to get him to kind of talk about some current racial topics and all that and i don't think it's appropriate for um us six white guys to sit around my driveway talking about it no that's not appropriate um, but while the guy's blowing flowers off of the trees over there well he's doing mosquito prevention yeah but but um i haven't started prepping for that yet uh, to your guys point i need I, i need to go into that one extremely prepared there's some like i do with a former teammate and i'm like man i could talk for three hours like i don't really need that much prep on this one I want to be very calculated and 
how I utilize my 45 minutes or so with him. That's awesome because we, I mean, we're right now, we're staying away from all that stuff. I think we agreed. We want this to be like it is. Drinks in the driveway. Just like you said earlier. Some boys just chilling. We got to be authentic to who we are. We're we're Midwestern dads with little kids and we live in a subdivision where we drink beers in the driveway and we, you know, we try to figure this thing called life out. And, you know, we always, I'm like, you know, I want to have different guests and stuff on, but I think at the core, like we're, parenting comedy com- comedy uh that kind of podcast you yeah know, definitely tell you what stocks to buy yeah i like- know and, and that's that's probably where my podcast could probably have a better reach if i narrowed in on one topic if i said i'm going to do only offense alignment or only bills people or only louisville people i could get a probably a bigger following but for me selfishly i love different topics oh, every yeah. week oh, yeah. different conversations with different people whether it's business a pastor an athlete a coach whoever I've, i had a doctor on there at the beginning of the covid deal like i just love those conversations it could it be a little bit bigger probably but i'm learning so much and i'm like i just feel like if i'm learning from it it's valuable material for me then other people will think it's valuable as well you have look such at a it. wide reach of people on there so like one of how did you get Al Snow on there? Like, I always think back and remember him. He's been dying to ask you this question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so my podcast is called What's Next with Eric Wood. I'd appreciate um, anybody um, that's listening to tune in. And um, I've, I always say I feel like the information, the, the interviews are informative, mm-hmm. impactful, um, and inspirational. Like, they, they will – move you in some type of way each each guest whether it's ryan fitzpatrick and he's funny whatever but then you talk about his journey in the nfl and learning new offenses and he talks about challenges and um you know so even like the funny ones and the fun ones for for me i still get a lot out of them and i I feel like other people do as well that's awesome yeah that's the one thing i wanted to ask you before you touch on the yeah i gotta get the house you gotta get the house (laughs) no but i wanted to ask you you know because i got little boys I got five kids. I'm about to adopt two more. Wow. Wow. And uh, he's, the, awesome. he's the family man. I'm the family man. I'm the family dad, dude. I love kids. No, I don't. I'm stressed out. I drink a lot of Miller Lite. No, I'm just teasing. That's why I do this podcast and drive the Louisville area. Interview yeah. Eric Wood. Yeah. You have five kids, but you're in Louisville drinking a bunch of You're damn right. We, we convinced all our wives. We're like, I mean, this is for the podcast. We, we got to do it. And we showed you a picture. And they were like, first they were like, oh, can we go with you guys? He's so good looking. I'm like, wait a minute. What did I do? The middle light body not good enough for you now, honey. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you showed him my playing days picture then. <laughs> no. So I wanted to ask you, uh, we were driving down. So you're, you're, my kids go to Vizzy. Nice. So it's really cool. Um, and just what was it like? I mean, because I was a baseball player in Florida playing baseball, college baseball. Um, Where'd you play at? Yeah. Uh, well, well, I was supposed to go to USF, ended up playing at St. Pete Junior College, and then ended up having a, a daughter. In my nice. career, hey. as far as my career got, good way to end it. I, I thought with the wrong head, uh, but no, I, um, I just coming up, you know, because as a dad, you know, and you got kids, you know, you got two kids. But how was it like? I mean, that's cool. I mean, as a kid, what is you know, what, what thoughts do you have for your kids playing football nowadays with everything? Because guys are getting bigger, faster, and my sons love to play. My little boy, Drew, loves to play. I mean, he's out in the yard every day playing. And I mean, and going to Vizzy. I mean, what's any any things on that? I'm new to Vizzy, so yeah. what what is what you got for me? Yeah, so um, I actually had Merrill Hodge on my podcast. Um, I connected with him 
um, at an event in Nashville for the draft last year when I was down there. I announced a pick for the Bills, and we did an appearance together. And we were talking about that subject, and he's a Northern Kentucky guy. Um, but Merrill Hodge's career was ended by concussion. <laughs> and he is still adamant about youth football being right. valuable because of the lessons you learn about how – and you got to read the book or tune into the podcast that he was on, but there's more concussions in gym class each year for youth than there are on a football field right. for, for youth athletes. Like, they're not that big and strong. They're not taking these huge blows. Do they need to learn proper technique? Yes. yes. Are, are coaches teaching better technique nowadays? Yes. They're being taught not to hit with their head. And I could get down a whole rabbit hole about how <laughs> when they change the rules in the NFL, you have guys that were doing – one technique for 25 years like when we grew up playing football like yes use your helmet and put it on the football and it's going to jar it loose like that's how we were taught yeah. to tackle yeah. and then all of a sudden now it's like oh if you hit with the crown of your head you can actually be thrown out of a college football game and in the nfl wow. you can get you find uh 12 grand 25 50 whatever it is age time so it's like you're 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 asking these guys to to all of a sudden change something they've done for many, many years, but now they're teaching at a young age, and I think the game's going to get safer and safer without taking away uh, what makes football great, and that's the teamwork, the physicality, because it's no matter what, it's always going to be a physical game. It's going to be a man-versus-man sport, similar to anything, wrestling, contact sports. They're going to stay violent no matter what the technique is, uh, but, I, but I, if, if my son, Gary, he's two, um, he's a mini me awesome. and he's a he's a little tank if he wants to play football and he's aggressive I'll let him play oh yeah but but I also remember growing up and I'm sure you guys saw it too like parents who forced their kids to play football that mm-hmm. didn't want to play and they'd go out there and get their tails whipped like that's dang near child abuse yeah. because that's a violent sport that if you don't want to play like you should never force your kid to play right 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 and yeah we don't I don't do that my son's love to play uh, Cameron. It's the only sport he will actually play. I tried to get Cameron with Elliot to do wrestling, which is really cool. But we went to Elder High. We did the wrestling thing that Elliot said something about. I don't think he liked it because it was so many kids. I mean, there were so many kids at this wrestling yeah, match. 150 in their program. Oh, yeah. It was it was massive, man. But it was cool. He still liked it, but he loves football. He likes to hit people. I'm like, okay. And he loved When he gets out there, he's a little scrawny, skinny kid, man. He's not scared. He'll hit somebody. Yeah, that's cool. So it's pretty sweet. But no, I wish I could. I wish I could have wrestled. Wrestling fell during basketball season. You can't do both. And I, basketball is my favorite sport. But there's so much value in wrestling. It's unbelievable. Oh, you can shoot some hoops, huh? Where, yeah. Uh, where's, where's the basketball hoop? I he needs to come to the ring. Um, well, he's pointing to all his neighbor's house right yeah, now. I, I got the say, basketball right across court. the street. They have a full court in their backyard. Uh, so. hey, guy, guy right there. Yeah, I go to that guy's house for basketball. I go to the guy's house for the pool house. Yeah, where's we the don't sand- do shit at my house. We just at. chill here because I got little kids. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit earlier with the, with the podcast, and, and as we kind of wrap things up, we, uh, you know, the main one of our main purposes of coming down here was just to come down and talk to you to learn like. You know, you started your podcast. I think it was like last year or something. And mm-hmm. you know, what what have you learned along the ways? We're we're probably I think this is going to be episode ten, so we're still really new to this. We're kind of still trying to figure the audio out. Um, you know, what what have you learned along the way that you could maybe pass on to us? We could take and you know learn to try to make ourselves better. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, we talked about it. Be yourselves. Like, figure out what your niche is, and then go attack that niche, and then kind of market it accordingly. Whether that's Instagram, Twitter, um, try and um, find you could like go on other podcasts to 
put yourself out there to promote your podcast. Those are all great ways to promote it, but just be yourself. But ultimately you got to produce content that you think someone would want to listen to. And so for me, I went on this, I went on this kind of podcast journey because I didn't have any broadcast offers at the time. I had called one game for Fox the year before. I did three pregame shows for um, Stadium. I was writing for The Athletic, but I had like no like current job. I'm like, I need to produce some content. And I started doing these interviews and maybe coincidental, but within two months I got two job offers, one for the ACC and uh, one for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. So like a podcast can be valuable. And um, you know, as we were joking about the Miller Lite sponsorship, but like <laughs> sponsorships will come. And like if you if you have a bunch of West Siders like tuning in, well, go to a restaurant and and record there. I know you're in driveways, but yeah. do it from a parking lot at a restaurant and say, hey, um, you know, figure out a way whether they pay you or whether it's just publicity, whether they put it through their social media, like a Skyline Chili. Yeah, Skyline has tons of followers contact them and be like hey can we do a podcast from your parking lot and maybe we'll drink we'll Mount, a- Mountain Dews instead of Miller Lights <laughs> in your parking lot yeah. but we'll eat a couple yeah, conies so. can you punk, push that through your social media yeah, yeah. and if they say no who cares what do you, then what you know that, that doesn't you remember the you remember the wild mike's wing nights on wednesday nights yes you ever go to those? oh wild definitely. mike's for sure yeah wild so mike, mike shady lane yeah so like <laughs> wild mike's and shady lane yeah yeah nice. so um but like I, I love what you talked about like a bunch of dudes trying to figure it out like i'm in a men's group at our church here and that's like my tagline for our group like it's a christian church but like our table is of 10 people, we have like three Catholics, maybe two non-believers, um, a, a Jew, and then probably four Christian guys. But I'm like, we are just a group of dudes who meet for coffee at 6 a.m. and we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, That's you know. Awesome. So like, there's a lot of people in this boat. You know what I mean? So it's like, as you tell stories and parenting stories and have on different guests, and then and then ultimately bring on guests that can share it with their following. Yeah, and that's where we've kind of like and follow up with them on it because yeah. like I feel so bad doing that at times but like uh, Michael Ray the country singer I mean, he's got like 700,000 Instagram followers I'm like hey you mind pushing that out, back out through your social media <laughs> exactly. and if you have someone else do it on your behalf sometimes that's a little bit easier too maybe you have a um, drinks and driveways email yeah. so it's not coming from your personal email account and that sometimes is an yeah. easier route to be like hey do you mind pushing that back out again or would you mind sharing it and like i said it it's taken me a while to get the courage to like take some no's like i, I wanted ray lewis to come on and i didn't realize ray was actually starting a podcast at that time but oh. like i reached out to him from an old number i had for his i'm not even sure if it's current i reached out through someone else had someone else reach out on my behalf uh, David Gog, and that was a, ultimately he hasn't responded. No, like that's fine. Like I, I took a shot, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, David Goggins grew up in Buffalo. I'm like, how cool would it be to get David Goggins on the podcast? <laughs> and like we've reached out through his admin person. He hasn't got back, but like take some nose to like try and get someone. And like last point, like if you can get someone like in Cincinnati media, like someone from WLW, um, you Rocky know, Boyman, Rocky Boyman, Billy Cunningham. Uh, or Bill Cunningham, Bill Cunningham. I heard him on Brian Tomey's podcast. 
Brian Tomey. Yeah. Like if you can get someone like that, even like um, I had Alex Harbin on my podcast yeah. who does Iron Sharpens Iron Gym. Like that's an easy way for you to say, hey, you can come on our podcast. You can promote your gym. You're going to touch a bunch of Westsiders that don't maybe know about your gym yet. And then Alex has got four figures of social media following. And then you kind of get it out there that way. Absolutely. That's great. That's awesome. Oh, you got any, any like last like a he's funny waiting story? on it. He's yeah. waiting on the sharp the, the oh, sharp. No, well, no, no, the we, sharp story. No, he's we got to get back to Al Snow. <laughs> Al Snow. That's a, I, I said sharp. I'm sorry. It's a, it's, a, it's a one more beer story. It's a one more uh, beer story. Here we go. So, I love it. What uh, a way to close out a podcast, man. Al Snow actually co-owns the OVW with a business partner of mine in the gym. So I've spent a lot of time with Al Snow, and I was at dinner with him not long ago and i was like al you've got to come on my podcast you are absolutely fascinating if you listen to the al snow podcast we go in every single direction like basically to the point of al snow thinks like all sporting events are fixed um <laughs> but he also said that he thought the xfl was going to compete with the nfl which now it's already crumbled yeah um but that might be second may, or third time yeah it may come back i don't know if this was like a covid were bankrupt shut down for a comeback i don't know if like that works out fine i, I don't want to even act like i know all those things um but Al Snow is fascinating, and I want I want to get more professional wrestlers on there. Um, but so this is this is <laughs> I a love great, that. this is a great example. Al Snow has like two hundred thousand Twitter followers. So like me bringing Al Snow on, like where there might be bigger names, where a lot of like the Buffalo fans that tune into my like um, when you look at our demographic across the country, like who's turning tuning in. Like the biggest chunk is like the Western New York area. Like may they may or may not be wrestling fans. They may or may not care about Al Snow. But if Al Snow puts it through his Twitter, my podcast, through for two hundred thousand people, I would have like for me to do like to ask him to promote it, if I was actually gonna pay him, that would be around three grand per tweet, I believe. Oh, wow. wow. And so like that's valuable for me and my podcast to bring him on have him put it out there and he's an awesome dude and you get to yeah. connect you get to learn you build a relationship like and that's 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 one of the things for me so like kind of knowing your why behind the podcast too like if you want to like help out other dads if you want to like just create funny content that like uplifts people like whatever it is find out your why but like i wanted to network i wanted to produce content that was valuable and i ultimately i never wanted to like produce anything that was um gonna be like damaging towards my reputation because i could have went like the barstool route when i was done playing i could have and, and no offense to those guys i i did a podcast with big cat and pft for my truck after a game one time big like cat. i like those dudes <laughs> but like i don't want my daughter to google my name one day and it'd be like right in the same article of the smoke show of the week like that's just not <laughs> yeah, what i'm about not, you know yeah, no, no, it's no. just not what i'm about and like me and Richie, I've had him on a podcast twice. He's the only repeat guest. Like we could have gone on there and told R-rated locker room stories and times we've gone out, and that'd have been like big time content. Yeah. But like at what expense? You know okay. what I mean? Like, because because anything you put out is is there forever. Yeah. You oh know? yeah, definitely. I invest in a company uh, that tracks social media postings, and they track deleted posts as well. So it's like, oh, wow. even yes. if you put something out and delete it, it's still out there. So do you, do you there. manage your own social media or do you, do you have people? Cause like I was, I messaged you the one time I was like, man, I, I see you on every time I'm on LinkedIn. Now your podcast is there. I mean, you 
you do a good job with it on there. Do you do all of that yourself or? I finally outsourced um, some stuff on social media. I'm terrible with the organic content. Like you're, I should be posting a lot more organic stuff. I've looked at my Instagram lately and like my last 10 posts or podcast stuff that I didn't do. And, <laughs> and but like I, I, I did, I've hired an admin woman to do she's a she's got a mixed bag of responsibilities of acc network and bills travel uh uh, social media postings uh, find us babysitters and some other (laughs) stuff babysitters Uh, but but uh that's i got two older daughters if you need a babysitter man just i'll hook you up just give me a call finally getting to the age where we have a bunch in the neighborhood too do you find like you're more busy now than when you played football i mean football was probably a 60 80 hour i mean it was all day every day you grind like more busy now that you're it, it, retired it kind of comes and goes honestly and that's a, that's a great question and like when i played i had a, a, such a singular focus that it was easy to blow stuff off like every day i woke up i wanted to be the best center in the nfl and that was to provide for my family to maximize the gifts god gave me you know i have a number of reasons why i want to be the best center in the nfl but like every day i knew that so like would i still drink beers at a neighbor's house yes but like that's a recovery day and i'm doing that to kind of hit the reset button to train harder on the back end right but like i would also just blow off tons of stuff because i'm like no i can't i'm too busy no i'm but now i i tend to overextend myself like i'm on i I swear i'm not going to commit to any more boards but i'm on three boards and i feel like we have they're all like spring and summer events so it's like it's emails it's just a bunch of junk with that kind of stuff and i need to quit being able to say no is such a valuable lesson in life that i've kind of learned the past couple years of getting out of football because football was always my no like hey can you are you available in august no or you know it's just like i was (laughs) no can you do it this time nope i'm training nope this and now it's like "Mm, yeah i could probably swing it you know Yeah, yeah yeah well if you could swing one thing you need to swing up you and the wife my wife does the president of the St. Joe's Orphanage back in Cincinnati, and she does a big gal every year. We all go. Elliot goes. You need to come up and do that one time. It, it's a great thing, man. It's, What's uh, uh, What time of year? Um, when are we doing that? It's usually like February. February, yeah. something nice. like that. So if you got time, man. It's a big casino night. We get all Elliot to text money you. St. Joseph Orphanage. Yeah, make, raise, raise a That's bunch fun. of money. And, is St. Uh, Joseph or, or, uh, Orphanage, is that um, associated with the St. Joseph um, Home for um, Special Needs and Disabled Kids? Yes. Okay, so my brother lived at St. Joe's. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. You need to come up to the thing, man. You need to do yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Time. That'd be cool. No one's got to know you're Eric Wood. Just show up and drink Miller Lights with me. And hang <laughs> well, out it's coming up soon because you're doing the Elder Stag this coming year, right? I'll be doing the Elder Stag this year. Um, I have promised um, my buddy Jake that I would get up to to Cincinnati at some point soon. I have not met his daughter yet. She was born um, right around the start of quarantine uh, in early April. And so I haven't met his daughter yet. I haven't seen yeah. his new house. So I need to come up for that. I, I had this awesome cincinnati day planned um it was uh i was going to do brian tomey's podcast live at crossroads and then the braves were playing in cincinnati adam duvall uh played at uofl one of my really good buddies plays for the braves he was gonna be in town that night i was able to work the podcast and that to be the same night i was gonna rally the troops and do it again and covid got it <laughs> damn covid man you're shutting a lot of my shit down i man. know real quick let me ask you guys a question what's ohio like right now because that's a that's a republican state and i don't want to get political and get oh uh, shit here down we the go. rabbit hole but like <laughs> but like i've talked to people from northern kentucky and they're like oh yeah we just 
if we want to go somewhere, we drive across the river to Cincinnati, do whatever we want, and then we just come back home and everything's shut down again. Uh, I mean, it's I lightened up, man. What we've talked about on previous pop episodes, like our neighborhood is almost like an all-inclusive that we've kind of just all been in the neighborhood. Like yeah. a lot of us all started working from home. So for the last three, one, three, three months, four or months, so, yeah, four months, four like months. we've kind of, that's why like, we don't wear a mask and we're not six feet apart right now because we've all just been quarantined with ourselves. I think that over the last probably three, four weeks, people have eased up a little bit. My wife yeah. is super nervous about it, uh, you know, for the longest time. I mean, we I can sense that in your voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, every time he talks about his wife, he gets that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's going to so kick my ass. I think ass. it's easing up a little bit. And, you know, you, Ellie, you said your wife is still like, because she, yeah, she, she works in the medical field. She's mm-hmm. worked at Beacon Orthopedics, so she takes a lot of precaution around it. Um, yeah, but she came down to the house there and I helped out the wife. She was going down to check out the garden on the hill, sprained her ankle. Elliot's wife comes down, being nice. the OT, PT, awesome woman check. she is. First time, she's Checking awesome. Out and uh, so, that being this brings, so it, it's pretty open, but it brings up a question around, you're in the inner circle still for like college athletics, football, namely, Buffalo Bills. Like, what's the word inside? Is there going to be a football season? Like, I've, I've fans been, in the stands, what's it going to be like? I've been um, instructed to not speculate at all because um, an, un, an unnamed ESPN employee that works in broadcasting put out a tweet that said, I can't see how the college football season starts on time this year, and it costs them millions in sponsorship money oh, wow. on delayed payments. If, they, if it runs, they'll go. But they said, oh, well, he must know something because he was told something. So we want to delay our payments. And so um, – I can't speculate, and I honestly, don't, we don't know. And Scott Satterfield lives right down there. Chris Mack lives right there. Yeah, yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't get, I like they don't know either. Yeah, like they're they're playing the same. All they're doing right now is playing a bunch of what if games, and they're going to be ready for any scenario, like on the ESPN standpoint. Um, but to me, what's what's crazy? What like I think there's too much money in football in NFL and college not to put a product on the field and a lot of the money is TV so at least if you put them on the field you get that TV contract still mm-hmm. right but, I mean that's but not for, to interrupt you but that's Notre Dame's whole thing because I'm a Notre Dame fan my wife mm-hmm. graduated from Notre Dame yeah they get that NBC but contract that's, that's real money that's how Notre Dame makes money y'all yes. if they aren't on the field I hate to say it and I love Notre Dame y'all know I love Notre Dame we go up every year my wife has season tickets they're not making any money. All I know is your wife has season tickets. Like those are hers. Those are hers. <laughs> so yeah, you get the podcast and she got the Notre Dame tickets. That's a great. I get Andrew uh, Curtis, man. That's what I got. Mount, Mount St. Yeah. Joe University came out and said there will we're coming back to the school and there will be football. So Mount St. Joe will be playing in the HCAC <laughs> on Saturdays. Yeah, my my one my one thing. So like I just feel like there's going to be football mm-hmm. just because the, the the money reason I just yeah. said. But how can you fill a stadium if you're not allowing kids on campus? So some schools are going online only for the fall. Right. How do you fill a stadium then? I don't think there will be state. I, here's the, I think it's going to be like 50% max fans, but there's going to be football. That's I, my I think feeling. Be because here's what USF's doing. So my daughter, my second oldest daughter goes to USF. How old are you? Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, bro, what the fuck do I look like? I'm fucking got gray hair around He's the older statesman in the neighborhood. I was going to say, I thought you were Damn, like, son. I thought you were 30s <laughs> as well, but if you got a daughter, that's. I'm 42, bro. 
you did start young. I, I forgot that part of the story. Yeah, it's all good, man. I said, you got to get on my age, bro. Hey, exactly. Well, we don't want to take too much more of your time. You know, you got a party to get to. We wanted to, you know, thank you. We, you know, I think we learned a lot. Like with listening about the um, on-air personalities, like it looks just so seamless and easy, but then until you really hear like, oh, they have to make all these stories and fill all this stuff. Like I never even thought like, oh, when Alabama plays Little Sisters of the Poor, they have to talk for three hours and fill that time up. So like, That's a way harder call than <laughs> Alabama wow. LSU, I can assure you. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for Thank listening you. to another episode of Drinks and Driveways. We are now on Instagram. Right, we're up in our game. We got our website. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Appreciate it. See you. See you.